Welcome to my podcast, Writing Then and Now. This is Linda Levid, writer of fiction and nonfiction. In my podcast, I read fiction published before 1930 to see if my memory serves me or if I've never read it and kind of expose myself to it to see what, um, what I like that's going on and what I don't care for. It's purely opinion, my opinion. It's my podcast. What can I say? Today, we're going to read, I'm going to read sections from The Reverberator, written by Henry James in 1908. Uh, he wrote a lot of serials. The serials were very popular back then. And this was uh, put out in a newspaper and then later put out as a small novel, a short novel uh, by S Charles Scribner afterwards. Or is this... Or maybe it was put out by Charles Scribner at a different time. But anyways, it was a serial put out as a, a short novel, and we're going to uh, check it out. Now, Henry James, I think I, I came across him. I'm fairly certain I came across him in high school when we had to read The Turn of the Screw, which I probably got the cliff notes for for some reason, which I normally did. I, I didn't like English in high school. In fact, I, I despised it. Uh, so I loved math. I never liked English. And uh, How I Became a Writer is a, a long, drawn-out story that uh, actually it's not long and drawn-out. I just uh, hated it. And then I, uh, at 40, decided to write. And I learned a lot then. So I wasn't a natural at this. And you may, you may realize that at some point. <laughs> okay, let's start with The Reverberator by Henry James. I guess my daughter's in here, the old man said leading the way into the little salon de lecture, lecture. He was not of the most advanced age, but that is the way George Flack considered him. And indeed, he looked older than he was. George Flack had found him sitting in the court of the hotel. He sat a great deal in the court of the hotel and had gone up to him with characteristic directness and asked him for Miss Francina. Poor Mr. Dawson had, with the greatest docility, disposed himself to wait on the young man. He had, as a matter of course, risen and made his way across the court to announce to his child that she had a visitor. He looked submissive, almost servile, as he preceded the visitor, thrusting his head forward in his quest. But it was not in Mr. Flack's line to notice that sort of thing. Now, this is sort of interesting. I'm not sure what's going on here. I don't know. I think he's talking... I'm not sure who the old man is. Is that, is that George Flack? And then there's Francina, his daughter. And then there's Mr. Dawson, who seems uh, like the waitstaff or something. Let's continue. Um, he accepted the old gentleman's good offices as he would have accepted those of a waiter, conveying no hint of an intention paid also to himself. An observer of these two persons would have assured himself that the degree to which Mr. Dawson thought it natural anyone should want to see his daughter was only equaled by the degree to which the young man thought it natural her father should take trouble to produce her. There was a superfluous drapery in the doorway of the Salon de Lecture, which Mr. Dawson pushed aside while George Flex stepped in after him. Okay, so I'm still a little confused, but we're in an interesting hotel, very upscale. That's a nice setting. I like that. Um, let's continue. I'm having trouble following the story already. That's why I never read Turn of the Screw. 
onward. The reading room of the Hotel de l'Univers a de Cheltenham was none too ample and had seemed to Mr. Dawson from the first to consist principally of a high-polished floor on the bareness of which it was easy for a relaxed elderly American to slip. It was composed further to his perception of a table with a green velvet cloth of a fireplace with a great deal of fringe and no fire, of a window with a great deal of curtain and no light, and of the Figaro which he couldn't read and the New York Herald which he had already read. A single person was now was just now in the possession of these conveniences. A young lady who sat with her back to the window looking straight before her into the conventional room. She was dressed as for the street. Her empty hands rested upon the arms of her chair. She had withdrawn her long gloves which were lying in her lap and she seemed to be doing nothing as hard as she could. Her face was so much in shadows as to barely as to be barely distinguishable. Nevertheless, the young man had a disappointed cry as soon as he saw her. Why, ain't that Miss, Miss Fran Francie? Why, it ain't Miss Francie. It's Miss Delia. Well, I guess we can fix that, said Mr. Dawson, wandering further into the room and drawing his feet over the floor without lifting them. Whatever he did, he ever seemed to wander. He had an impermanent transi transitory air, an aspect of weary yet patient non-arrival, even when he sat, as he was capable of sitting for hours in the court of the inn. Um, this is kind of interesting. You know, they, they, uh, it is a literary type story, um, very much in description, um, in that style. It's, it's a literary type story. Uh, long sentences, sort of have to read more than once, I think, and I'm going to do it again for myself, as well as you, dear listener. Maybe you'll find it interesting, too. Well, I guess we can fix that, said Mr. Dawson, wandering further into the room and drawing his feet over the floor without lifting them. So in other words, he shuffled. Whatever he did, he ever seemed to wander. He had an imper impermanent transitory air, an aspect of weary yet patient non-arrival. Even when he sat, as he was capable of sitting for hours in the court of the inn. So I asked myself, do I have a good sense of who this man is? And I guess when I read it again, I do. He's kind of a, you know, he's a man of his own uh, habits, and he's um, not terribly. It doesn't seem like he's terribly interactive with others. He seems like he kind of owns the place, or he thinks he owns the place, or something like that. Let's continue. As he glanced down at the two newspapers in their desert of green velvet, there's a lot of humor with us too, he raised a hopeless, uninterested eye, glass to his eye. Delia, dear, where's your little sister? Delia made no movement, whatever, nor did any expression so far as he could be so far as could be perceived. Pass over her young face. She only ejaculated, Why, Mr. Flack, where did you drop from? Okay, so now we know that this is Mr. Flack who we're talking about. Well, this is a good place to meet, her father remarked, as if mildly, and a mere passing suggestion to deprecate explanations. Any place is good where one meets old friends, says George Flack, looking also at the newspapers. He examined the date of the American sheet and then put it down. Well, how do you like Paris, he subsequently went, went on to the young lady. Now, we have uh, some dialogue here, which is nice. It breaks up the uh, long bits of narration. 
Well, I was in hopes that I could show you something, Mr. Flack. I guess we've seen most everything, Mr. Dawson observed. Okay, so we have Flack and Mr. Dawson. Well, we've seen more than you, exclaimed his daughter. So now we have three people talking. This is what I was mentioning in another uh, uh, podcast. Yeah, I like to keep, I personally like to keep um, interactions in novels down to two people. You can do three, but you're sort of stretching it, I think, after three. Well, I've seen a good deal just sitting there. A person with a delicate ear might have suspected Mr. Dawson of a tendency to setting, but he would pronounce the same word in a different manner at different times. Okay, we're now at page five of this, and do we know this, what the story is about? I would say no, and that's a problem. If I don't know what the story is about now, and it's not good. And of course, I did read, I didn't read the story, but I read a little bit about the story, and it's about rags, it's about newspapers, and about making something out of nothing. And uh, it's sort of maybe this is what this is about. It's something about nothing. Because right now I don't know what the story is about, and I don't know if I would read more. Okay, I have a, a whining dog over here, so I'm going to have to go with this time. Uh, thanks for listening, and you're listening to Writing Then and Now. Have a great day.